0: wait for it almost there and we're live hey oh you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the blasters and blades podcast Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the fracking place. The podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, I'm going to let our guests introduce themselves. So we're going to start with the one, the only, Mr. Darren Drader.
1: All right. Uh, I'm Darren Drader. Um, If you happen to be an RPG gamer, you might recognize my name from well over 100 products I've worked on. I've lost count at this point um <clears throat> and i've worked with watsi paizo mongoose um most of the most of the major ones mostly on d20 um, based games um but i've hit a, a wide variety of genres i'm also a uh, an occasional author um and you can also find me streaming uh, the fallout rpg on cyber nation uncensored on uh, twice a month on Saturday nights. So uh, that's me in a nutshell. Um, Go ahead and move on.
0: So might you say then that you're genre fluid?
2: Oh, wow. All
0: right. It's going to be that kind of show. (laughs) I mean, I'm hyped up on my third cup of caffeine. I have been up since four in the morning doing this whole writing thing because I'm going to finish book two this month by hooker, by crook. (laughs) So it's going to be that kind of paper. That's right. That's right. All right. Next, we've got the lovely Miss Jenna S. Brown, who sometimes goes by Jenna Ray, sometimes goes by names we can't talk about. I have speculations that maybe she is the one, the only Dr. Chuck single, but she will not confirm or deny that. But can you introduce yourself?
3: Yeah, there, there are certain things that we don't talk about on the podcast. You know that. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Jana S. Brown. <laughs> oh, I'm Janice S. Brown, also Jenna Ray. Under Jenna Ray, you can find science fiction, fantasy, and urban fantasy, all things speculative with a little bit of smoochies. Um, Jenna S. Brown writes about the publication business and all of them like to watch shows, including Battlestar, so I'm very excited.
0: Very excited, very, very excited, you might say.
3: Very, very. Right.
0: Oh, that is not me talking, people, I promise. Last, we have the Mr. Matthew W. Quinn, who can introduce himself to our listeners and viewers.
4: Yep. Atlanta author Matthew W. Quinn. I've been on the show twice before. Um, I think it was episodes 100 and episode 247. And here's a chance for me to talk about something other than my projects.
0: All right, all right, and so uh, those were interesting interviews. You should go check them out. And if you are new, our new listeners over on the Bitch Shoots, uh, you cannot hear his episode because it is too big for us to upload, and they won't back uh, mirror from YouTube that far back. But it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, and we are working on getting all of our stuff over uh, as the podcast gets big enough. They will cut us more slack on how many of uh, our episodes we can port over. But until then, we're going to tell you, dear listener, how I first found this Motley Correct collection. of of creative types. So uh, picture it. It's about a decade ago. We were in Viper pilot training, but we failed out. And unfortunately, Starbucks didn't like us enough. We weren't cute enough, I guess, to pass us. We weren't Zakadama, So, you know, we ended up failing out. And because we couldn't be Viper pilots, we decided to write books and stuff.
4: True story. But which
0: of us are secretly
4: Cylons? That's the question. I'm just saying, well, I'm you.
1: you know, if we're going according to the the, the reboot, um, all but one of us are secretly Cylons.
3: That's true.
1: Do you guys
0: follow Nerd Cookies, the uh, YouTube website? I don't. Uh, they do all kinds of lore breakdowns, and that's the new uh, conspiracy they just launched this morning, was that the
1: Starbuck was the secret Cylon. See, I have a different take on Starbuck. <clears throat> um, on. And, and I know that... Um, you know they've they've talked to various people who are involved in the show and they're like oh no she was an angel well i think she was the representation in the reboot of the ship of lights that appeared in the original um and you know like they that. kind of, they kind of made her key to finding earth which i think was appropriate but i think that she was probably the one character who was absolutely not a cylon on the show okay
0: Anyone else care to weigh in on that conspiracy theory? Got ideas?
1: It uh, tracks.
4: If she is an angel. She would be the ship of lights analog. Isn't that what the ship of lights were? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay.
1: Theoretically, I mean, they were technically they were an advanced alien race capable of bringing you back from the dead. Um, but they probably visited various worlds and uh, passed themselves
4: off as angels. So you know it all works because Count Ibley was obviously the devil I mean they had to have practically right. yelling it yeah you know, the Prince of Darkness yeah
0: <laughs> so this is the blasters and blades and we would be nothing if not a religion question so Darren you have not answered these yet are you ready for this or there are wrong answers
1: well no because I'm not aware <laughs> no go ahead
0: <laughs> all right Star Wars Star Trek or Firefly Star Trek acceptable all right what was it about star trek that speaks to you
1: okay um what speaks to me about star trek is that it's not um well first of all it's a developed world unlike firefly which only got like a season and a movie so it's i would argue firefly is not developed enough to um to be in the running uh star wars i i know i'm i know i just pissed some people off there but anyway uh star wars Um, The entire thing, doesn't matter how big they build their universe, the whole thing comes down to the premise of good versus evil, which is very binary, and it plays itself out very quickly, which is probably the reason most people, most Star Wars fans, don't really like anything they've done since uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, So for that reason, I feel that Star Trek simply has more to offer. Okay.
0: Okay. And uh, because we are polytheistic here at the Blasters and Blaze podcast, sir, Game of Thrones, The Wheel of Time, or The Chronicles of Narnia?
1: None of the above.
3: <gasps> sir! Oh, uh,
1: I can tell you why, in each case. <laughs> Do you want to hear my diatribe?
0: <laughs> sure. We got time. We got nothing okay. but time, sir.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, game of thrones frankly is just it's it's too raw it's too dark and for me that's not what i enjoy in fantasy and i'll leave it at that um i mean we could talk about uh what's his face getting his member cut off and that was just par for the course um but uh the whole show is kind of like that you know it's like one one shitty thing happens after another one character dies after another it's dark it's dreary it's a slog i didn't enjoy it um Wheel of Time. Uh, I haven't watched the miniseries. I've watched maybe the first three episodes. But I read the first three books and I did not find Robert Jordan to be that great of an author. Um, His uh, his his prose are very awkward. Um, And that it's like that was his that was his style. It's just being awkward. And after a while, it grated on my nerves to the point where I couldn't follow it anymore. So I am interested in getting into the, um, into the show and watching it to see if I enjoy that more. Um, but I haven't done it yet. Um, as for Narnia, I just never really got into it. I'm more of Lord of the Rings guy.
3: Lord of the Rings used to be part of the whole religion question. But since everybody said Lord of the Rings, they changed it. <laughs>
1: Okay. How about this? I'm more of a Forgotten Realms guy.
3: Oh, there you go. Forgotten Realms is good.
1: Because
0: we are not knuckle-dragging troglodytes, we have one more question for you, sir. Are you ready for this one? Sure. Nothing but the heart-eating questions from us. (laughs) Coffee or tea, and how do you take it?
1: Uh, Coffee? Definitely not tea. And I take it with, uh, with cream, caramel, and four sugars
0: caramel you say okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to try that because that actually sounds
1: good Mm -hmm. and i'll take it hot and i'll take it iced either way just depends on the season
0: all right and matthew since you came on the show last time uh there was no coffee or tea question so you get to answer that sir are you ready coffee or tea and how do you take it
4: i don't drink either of them
0: what are they gonna take away your writing card you're probably not in siffle anymore (laughs) are you they just kicked you out i heard the letter in the mail
4: Kick me out of an organization I'm not in. That'd be hilarious.
0: Stranger Things Have Happened, sir.
2: Four seasons worth.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Most have been, been fine, there, but then they had to wrap it up badly.
5: Yeah.
0: All right. So what do you drink when you're writing?
4: Well, I'm trying to cut uh, caffeine so Diet Coke in the mornings. Well, my uncle says you drink a lot of water, it functions just the same.
0: Why would we want to do something like that?
4: Because water's free.
0: I don't know where you live, but not here.
4: Nope. Cheaper than soda. Oh, okay, that's fair. And soda like is better favorite. than coffee because you just pour it and drink it. You don't have to make it.
0: get this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to show up. Nick, you have an art question to pass to prove your art credentials. Are you ready for
2: this? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready for an art question. Sure. Whose art is that? Looks like Frisetta's.
4: Damn, I thought I was going to stump you. It is.
2: Dude, (laughs) really?
5: Nice. Well done.
4: That is is not the only Frisetta Battlestar Galactica art with, you know, audacious behinds there's also one they did for the count ibly episode
0: okay
2: so, to, you're testing my pedigree bro i just wanted to see if you got it because i figured you, you yeah, mentioned that's, all the that's facts for um, um this, this is fan made his daughter but, shared some of his Battlestar Galactic galacta artwork about two weeks ago really so, yeah <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're going to start with, we're diving in clearly uh, by the intro conversation. We are here to talk about Battlestar Galactica, so let's get nerdy. Um, The first question is, uh, what first drew you to the series? And it doesn't matter where you found the universe of Battlestar Galactica, but what first drew you there?
4: I I remember watching reruns the original series when I was a little kid. This would have been the mid-90s. So clearly I'm a little, little older than you,
1: because I was about <laughs> five years old. Um, I, I was fresh off of Star Wars you know, from the theater, and Battlestar Galactica comes on the, on the air, the original series. And uh, for me, that was almost as big of a deal as Star Wars. And I, I definitely, at least with the original series, I watched every single episode. Um, when 1980 came around, I watched the first episode and said, this is terrible. I never watched another one after that. <laughs> And, and that was, like, at about, what, seven years old that I was at that time. You're not really supposed to have really defined um, sense of taste at seven years old. But I think it was pretty much universally decided uh, that 1980 was terrible. Oh,
3: yeah, 1980. Shouldn't it? We, we pretend that that didn't happen. And, exactly. and I'm with you. I, I watched it on Saturday afternoons as a kid in first run. So that, that makes us of, of a generation. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, started there and then hit the reboot after it had been out for a while. Mostly because I just missed it. and I knew it was a thing, but didn't take the time to sit down and watch it, and so caught that uh, a couple years after it finished airing.
1: Now, see, for me with the reboot, um, I knew it was coming. I was, like, counting down the days to the pilot, and then I watched the pilot, and I was like, okay, this is different, but I can accept it, and it's cool, and I'm excited, and I'm down with it, and I remember there was just big fan wars about it, because oh, yeah. they're there's a lot of people that just this should not exist. you know <laughs> Starbuck can't be a woman. what is this you know it's just all these different things like Cylons aren't the same. they're CGI. but I was like this shows a lot of promise. I think it could be very cool. and uh, it just despite the noise, this is one of those things where sci-fi I don't think a lot of people even remember this anymore. Um, it took sci-fi months to greenlight the series. It got to the point where the actors' contracts, I believe they either had ran out or they were about to run out. And they they literally saved the um the actual series at at the last minute before it was just flat out not gonna happen. Um and, and I'm glad they did because I was one of those people who's just like front and center on the message boards, you know, this has to go forward with you know, we we need this. <laughs> so um, and by the end of the four years, I was slightly less enthusiastic about it, but still, still glad they they tried it. You know. Yeah. Well,
2: the the Viper helmets were a huge improvement. They all didn't look like pharaohs. <laughs> I always like that though. I think the I thought that was the, one of the worst purpose. helmet designs in sci-fi. <laughs> the, 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 the original series. Was... I'm like, they look like space pharaohs. What the hell? That
6: yeah, was the, the point.
2: Purpose, the Van Daniken thing. It was a dumb point, in my opinion. Don't come at me but, but Sorry, you know the, the, thing is, the, the thing is that there's
1: they're trying to s- establish that you know uh, the Egyptians and the Mayans and the Toltecs and all this stuff draw their origins um, they, we all draw from the same origins, which is why you would see a lot of these themes um, show up you know like you know why did why did the council wear togas you know mm-hmm. um, why did they have the helmets that looked like pharaohs? Um, it, it was to kind of do this multicultural thing that, that tied into, um, you know, the ancient world and and how it all took its inspiration from a, a common ancestor. And I don't know. For me, for me, it worked, even though you kind of look at it and, you know, on the surface. Yeah, I can see why you might see it. Why, uh, you might think it's a little cheesy, but I don't know. I don't. <laughs>
0: So Jenna, you didn't fully answer, and Jenna can answer too, or you know your other alters. But uh, what is it originally that drew you to Battlestar Galactica?
3: So it was the only science fiction I could find on television <laughs> during the time that I was allowed to be awake, because a lot of the the other stuff that was showing showed at night, and I was a kid, and so this was on during Saturday afternoons, and became a total you what you know. Um, Kids of the 80s, you you watch cartoons in the morning, you go run around outside, get your knees scuffed up, do all the things you're supposed to do, pop back in, get a sandwich and a drink, watch Battlestar Galactica, and then go back outside and play. And these were very typical Saturdays. And so it was this really fun thing where they had a lot going on, there were fights happening, there was what what for the time was very, very amazing CGI, because, you know, it, it was the late 70s and early 80s and... We didn't know what we were missing yet mm-hmm. so it was fun to watch. Um, I have to say I also liked that they had women that were doing cool things because that really? was a big deal to me as a girl to go look there's female pilots and there's females doing other things and it was nice to see that in my science fiction because none of them were damsels. They, they were out there with the guys doing the thing and and that was really empowering and so much fun to watch. Because we were just all, we, we were all very equal and very much all out there to help move the Battlestar forward. And so, as a girl, that was really great. Go ahead, Nick.
2: I said it was some very progressive thinking at the time. You know, mm-hmm. it was like total equality. It's like, hey, congratulations. You're female. You're in the war now. You
4: yeah. know mm-hmm. um, A thousand years of war will do that.
6: Yeah, <laughs> it'll
2: do. It's like we need all hands on deck, you know. They've, we're all after the the mysterious 13th colony you know earth you know everything else has been destroyed so everyone's got to chip in because we can't you know For, just rest on typical gender roles i guess at the time yeah.
0: so did yeah. this come before contemporary or after star trek because it was i mean star yeah star trek because they had I, uhuru in the original
4: series I, I was, was about, i'm guessing about 10 years afterward after yeah, yeah after, after. okay so they so were following in some footsteps people. Mm -hmm. 70,
3: let me double check because the last time I said one of these off the top of my head I got it wrong and then Stabby corrected me Um, 70 I have my thing open here Um, 78
1: right
3: aired on the ABC network from September 17th 1978 to April 29th 1979 for the original one and then there was Galactica 1980 which we don't think we don't talk about so yeah so
4: you don't dig Adama's beard <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no, not the beard.
1: The, the beard
3: Adama beard. Awful.
2: Yeah, the Adama beard was bad. Oh yeah. Sure. So they're sorry. really
4: going for the space Moses thing at that point.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: So since you're speaking, Matthew, what was it that drew you
0: in originally to when you, what, wherever you were when you found Battlestar Galactica?
4: Well, I didn't. My folks that my folks didn't have the most of the cable, except for the Sci Fi Channel and Cartoon Network. And it was a space show, and I was a little kid, so I thought that was cool. And then when I was in college, they were making the new version of it. Like, oh, let's see what they do with it.
0: Okay. And Stabby, normally I forget to involve you and Nick, but I'm not doing that today. So how did you find Battlestar Galactica?
5: You told me to watch it.
0: (laughs) Someone listen to me? Write this in your calendar, Nick. This might not happen again. Oh, I'm recording it.
5: I'm on episode five of the 2004 series. So you guys are talking and I'm over here like.
1: Oh, so we're, yeah. we're, we're sitting here spoiling the hell out of it is what we're doing. It's okay, okay. Oh. she likes it. Yeah. I, honestly, it I started the so.
5: 2004. I didn't know if it was a reboot or if it was a continuation and I was super confused. I'm like, there's like no backstory here. What is happening? Um, And so I'm just kind of watching it and going with the flow and hoping for like flashbacks. <laughs>
0: Well, they, they did. The, modern film all, likes to do too much of the in-media res and just drop you in the middle of the story and mm-hmm. leave you to figure it out, which I don't like. There's room for that in a short story, but if you want to build a franchise, you've got to give them something. I also think they banked heavily on the nostalgia factor, so everyone had a base of info, they assumed, uh, mm-hmm. which works until you want new people to watch it because you need to grow your fan base.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but, yeah, it's, uh, it was, it's good. I liked it. I watched the original one first myself, uh, and I was just uh, – had a tablet with me. They finally was able to get Wi-Fi at the VA hospital, and I had time. Lots of time sitting there waiting for appointments, that hurry up and wait at the VA. See, that's the cruelest trick the Army ever played on me. They told me I was done with that when I left the service.
6: <laughs> and then they sent me to the
0: VA.
5: Surprise, surprise.
0: Like, got you, motherfucker.
5: So you where I'm at right now is uh, Starbuck is training the new hires and she calls one of them hot dog, which mm-hmm. I think is funny because I can never come up with funny nicknames and then I just call somebody a food. <laughs> so that worked for me. But then now she's stranded on a planet because, yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. So you guys are all talking and I'm just like, la,
1: la, 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 uh, that,
4: la, that la. That episode la. has one of the best <laughs> lines in it I can... Remember from the show, although I don't want to spoil it for you. You can spoil it for Stabby. She, she's okay. Yep, yep. I... Okay. I'm
5: dyslexic. I won't remember anything you guys say, and I'll just go right back to the show. If so... it was you, down
4: there, if was you down there, we'd never leave. <laughs> I'm,
5: um, I'm watching it. I'm trying to get into it. um Like I said, I feel really lost. I don't understand why the doctor is seeing this chick that nobody else is seeing. Like. I, I, it makes no sense to me at all, but I'm working with it. but that's why that's why I was a couple minutes late because he's like 25 minutes stabby and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm almost done with this episode. Um, I'm you trying know, to have something to say during this show.
1: You, you know I, I really I think you would actually benefit from going back and watching the original and mm-hmm. seeing seeing what roles these characters had in the original. And how they changed it for the reboot, um, Doctor Baltar being especially what I'm talking about. Yeah, he wasn't, he, he wasn't the conflicted, maybe I'm a traitor um, guy that he was in the reboot. No, he was a mustache-twirling villain who sold out the human race intentionally um, mm-hmm. in the original, and and I think that there is an awareness of that in in the reboot that they expected that the audience would bring to it, and they expected that that would kind of color your opinion of him. Um, So then you get the new people who come into it, and they're like, Okay, this is weird. <laughs>
5: you know? Yeah, when I say they dropped you right in the middle, if you start in two thousand and four, and I say they dropped you right in the middle, I'm like, why is this chick think she's planting bombs everywhere? Why does this guy see this lady? Why is she kissing on him in front of everybody? Like, what is <laughs> going?
4: You didn't watch the mini? You didn't watch the mini series? No, to- I was or-
5: told. I forgot that we even had this this podcast until last night right before bed when he dropped the hey everybody by the way we're doing this tomorrow i'm like oh man i guess i better like find these somewhere
6: so <laughs> it was mentioned that a- there's the
4: mini series in 2003 and then the show comes out a year later yeah yeah the mini series is really the, the you know, that's the really the pilot series mm-hmm. i think
1: so- the
5: hardest part is like you have to pay for it everywhere like I checked every streaming service and it's like season one for $40 and I'm like
0: Buy the DVDs for that price because
5: mm-hmm. you'll always I, own it
4: Yeah, I unloaded some of the later season DVDs at half price books and I, gave, I only gave like two bucks for them I, I found <laughs> I them a website
5: people. that lets me watch them for free I just have to keep clicking the little X in the corner when things pop up
1: so I thought, I thought we don't talk about those. They don't exist. <laughs> family friendly. Family friendly. <laughs> they don't so, exist and we never use them.
0: Right, yep. right. Um, she's not a swashbuckler at all. Um, exactly. I will say that if you're going to buy, this is a, a PSA to the audience, don't do what I did. If you were going to buy the box set of the original series, make sure they give you the episodic breakdown so you can watch them one episode at a time. Because if you're not careful, there's a third-party vendor that will s- sell you cheaper it's cheaper for a reason it literally is just the entirety of the series one episode after another with no episode breaks it's literally just four hour block next dvd four hour block and good luck trying to remember where you paused it if you can't just sit for like three weeks straight and watch the videos
1: see i got the cylon head dvds from that they released in like the the late 90s i think um yeah this is not that it's got the the breakdown
0: I, I should have watched them sooner while I was still in the return it to Amazon window because I could have sent them back and got the right ones, but no. Did I do that? Dare did not do that. No, he did not. So don't be me. <laughs> Check what you buy first, people. All right, and Nick, I didn't forget about you. So... Yes, did did. you did. Shush! How did you discover Battlestar Galactica? Uh,
2: it was... I was a kid in the early 80s. Um, and it sh- I think it was on syndication by that time. Um. I watched a couple episodes like I'm as far as fandoms go, I can only follow so many before I start running out of hard drive space. Um, That's one of the ones I kind of slept on. So it's always it's been in my queue list of things to watch that and Babylon five and Farscape and (laughs) like nine other shows. Um, The list goes on and on. Oh, it is. I'm never going to catch up. I'm probably going to, I'm going to will myself to live to a hundred. I'm going to be like on the last episode of the final show that I've supposed to been watching. I did it. (laughs) And then I'm going to be out.
1: Well, you know, Farscape and B5 are both worth it. Just saying. Okay. We're not talking about them, but go for it. You won't be sorry.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I have a list. I'm like, man, these are shows that people like my, my other nerd friends talk about. And I'm like, yeah, those are cool. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't. I can't join the conversation, so um, I'll definitely get to him. But I did like. I remember as a kid, like liking the pilots. I liked space stuff, you know, because I had recently discovered Star Wars, you know, and I like space battles. And I liked how they used. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but like, act, like you can't just fly a Viper through space like an X-wing, you know. There's little, you know, rockets and stuff going on, you know, using actual physics in space. So I thought that was cool. And then when the remake was coming out, I'm like, man, I didn't even watch the original. I don't know. I'm going to be so lost. Um, but, you know, it was on syndication and you get bored on a Saturday. There's nothing else on TV. And I don't feel like going outside because sunlight hurts you. And uh, it's expensive out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? She's hot. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> I mean, you know. Oh, and Trisha Helfer or Heifer Helfer Helfer i bought that playboy also don't
4: forget grace park
2: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. actually there was not an ugly female on that show i even thought the president was hot i
4: <laughs> yeah. mean she did rock like, oh, she's powerful she's political yeah. yeah yeah so we got a cougar hunter here is that what you're suggesting yeah yeah
1: 2004 like
2: yeah i was like, <laughs> I was like 25. I'm like, oh, like yeah, you know, sharp, if, if you want to go here. back
1: in time before that, go watch Dance with Wolves because she's in that, and it's uh, I, much, that's much where I
2: recognize her from too. I was like, yeah, she oh, yeah. Dances with Wolves. She was the he uh, white girl Stand, native. Stands with a fist. That was her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm actress. I mean, no, no, no. frack! You just blew my mind. Frack. Oh, frack,
2: frack me! But anyway, yeah. Uh, so, th- like, I discovered it twice. Um, I didn't watch all of it. I know. Send the hate mail to Stabby because um, I'll never see <laughs> it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to getting to the series now that she's doing it and she's has OCD with that stuff. So it'll be on for the next, however long it takes us to finish the series and the spinoff and the OG and the miniseries. Speaking of spinoffs,
0: videos. has anybody seen New Caprica or am I the only one that was disappointed we only got one season?
1: No, I didn't watch it. I didn't yeah. watch it. Blame Jana me for only getting
0: me. one season. Jana, save me. Tell me you liked it.
3: I didn't see it. I'm I'm with I'm with Nick where it's the there were way 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 too many things to watch and so I saw that it was a thing to watch and did not watch it.
0: I actually found New Caprica first, and I was watching it. And I'm like, dude, I'm digging this sci-fi mafia thing going on, like with oh, the crime. Nice. Uh and then because you know, I like the godfather as a kid. I'm like, this is like the godfather in space, <laughs> and I happened to be my my uh stepdad was over, and he goes, You know, that's from a different series. I'm like, What are you talking about? He goes, That's Battlestar Galactica. I'm like, wait, oh, what, nice. what? what is this Battlestar Galactica stuff. Uh, and then I found the 2000 with Starbuck, and then he was like, Yeah, no, you gotta go watch the original, which is why I rushed out to buy it. I was so excited that I didn't check, and I bought the like four-hour one <laughs> basically. Yeah, i really i really liked new crap i thought the acting was well but like the family honor they dove into like the unique family dynamics that happen when you've got plural marriages of all varieties hell which
2: yeah really cool
0: so obviously stabby hasn't watched it what about you nick have you seen it
2: new cap I, I watched a couple episodes on it um once again, I felt lost. I was like, oh, I like it. It's sci-fi, so I should enjoy this. Why am I? I, 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 feel feel like, I don't know what the frack is going on.
0: <laughs> I feel like, like it's like Stargate uh, Universe. Very few people liked it, but, but I'm one of the weirdos who like that too. It's the same thing.
1: I think for me, what it was is that, you know, we'd just gone through this four year series. It was over. The story is played out. Oh, we're gonna reboot. Or no, we're not gonna reboot. We're gonna do a prequel now, and. You know, this is in the same era where the Star Wars prequels have been out, and most people are yeah. kind of disappointed yeah. in those. And I was like, you know, it's not really in space, and it doesn't. It's, it's you know, they might be getting into the origin of the Cylons, but it's not really the meat of what Battlestar Galactica was all about. And for me, I was just like, I, I've got other things to do with my time, <laughs> so that's why I didn't watch yeah. it. Well,
2: Here's and I, I think that's up on point. the point it was the West wing with space battles. And I thought that was cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so you got to deal with the military side of the political strike spectrum, the actual political side, you know, and then you dealt with the religion stuff too. So I it, it had a lot going on from the mm-hmm. few episodes that I saw. And this is what I picked up from it was those three things. I'm like that's I really want to sit down and watch this, but like I got other shows that I'm watching at the time and, Things like that, so I'm like it fell way down in the priority list. But now that I, I think I'm caught up on every other damn show I've had to watch, I can finally dig into this. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about it.
0: Okay, I'm definitely um, thinking about my next royalty check, spending it to buy all the, all the, all the BSG things. But you know, people keep telling me I've got to do things like pay mortgages and rent and all that adult stuff. But I'm just. That's I just want the Viper
1: helmet, all right? I want both
0: versions side by side on
1: my mantle.
3: Something you said for
0: that.
1: that that's not an unreasonable request, frankly.
3: And,
0: and the, the only unfortunate problem with the, the reboot, at least the old style, like the original uniforms, they look like they might be a little bit forgiving for the maternity version I would need. So, you know, <laughs> until I lose the weight, I definitely can't do the form-fitting reboots. Because that mm-hmm. leather just doesn't look like it's going to breathe.
2: JR, I can sew, man. I'll let out the, the parts that you need let out.
0: So while everyone else is going to go run, run their eyes under bleach for that mental image, I'm going to pause for a moment while we shamelessly chill for the woman this time.
6: A single blip on her instrument panel brings Boss to a halt. Alone on her spaceship in a remote quadrant, she drops below light speed and listens. Hearing a blip like that makes her heart pound. It means a faint energy signature from an unknown source somewhere nearby, most likely a ship. Boss specializes in abandoned ships. She dives them for salvage, but this is like nothing she's ever seen, probably because she knows it can't be there. All of her knowledge of history, physics, and space wrecks says it's impossible, but if it's what she thinks, it could hold the key to a tremendous technological advance, one that no one in the universe should have. Called page-turning space adventure by Publishers Weekly, Diving into the wreck by Christine Catherine Rush is classic science fiction at its most gripping. Find all seven novels in the award-winning Diving series at DivingIntoTheWreck.com.
0: Thank you for sticking with us through that commercial interlude. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Now let's dive back into the fracking universe of Battlestar Galactica. See what I did there, Stabby? I used to "frack" again. What the frack, yo? <laughs> So, so speaking of, does anybody know why they made up that curse word? Because it inspired every other sci-fi author who thinks they have to use "frack" now too.
4: Well, what, what, what was the original a, network? ABC.
3: A, ABC was censors? in nineteen. Yeah, in the nineteen seventies, it was ABC, and then on the reboot, it was uh, was it sci-fi? sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, you but, can't get "frack"
4: yeah, "f" bombs on network or, TV.
2: Sci-fi. Sci-fi. It, 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 it was
3: the censors, but they still wanted it to sound a, a, a lot more military than saying "Oh gosh, darn it."
2: It's the mm. same reason that uh, they used Mandarin in uh, Firefly. to yeah. bypass the censors because they're like, "Oh, it's Mandarin." No, how many people speak Mandarin? About a billion people. Yeah,
3: <laughs> quite a few, but none of them that care about the what the network censors care about. So yeah. that's why, and and the sound of just, just linguistically. The sound of frack has that same punch to it. it, it it's got that same guttural um, feel to it. And so when they're yeah, acting and they're using that, you're getting the right kind of feeling across that you couldn't. It, they, they really did think through the linguistics of it as to why you would use that as your replacement and wh- and the times that they use it and the reasons they do.
4: And it rhymes well with pack when you're doing the KFC deal. <laughs> exactly.
3: The frack pack.
4: I forgot about
0: that. How did what was that? I I don't need a KFC. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I, oh, I prefer move. So was it was that, a, was that a thing Shouldn't
4: in the 70s this was out or was this newer? It was the for the new one.
3: It, yeah, it was it was for the recent one. I don't okay. remember what all went in it, but they, they had some deals with a couple of different places that you, you saw all franchising. Right, I was doing and, doing
5: what I love to do the best. And doing research. So the word frack was first used in Season 1, Episode 1 of 1978, uh, starring Richard Hatch. It was originally spelled frack with the CK, but the C was ultimately dropped in order to better resemble the expletive it was meant to replace. The creation of the word was neither intentional nor scripted. It was created on the spot by the first episode's director to help the cast channel their frustrations at not being able to swear in 1978.
0: Oh, well the more you know. And knowing is half the battle. What's the other half, Nick? Violence. Extreme fracking violence, that's right. <laughs>
1: Okay. You know, honestly, I'm 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 actually kind of surprised that that made it past the censors because it's so bet, obviously yeah. a replacement for fuck. You know, it's like
2: frick. You know, like when little kids are like, "Oh, what the frick?" Like my stepson does. He says that all the time. What the frick? I'm like, I know what you meant to say. dude. you not fooling anybody? I was <laughs> I was 13 once too. Just, <laughs> although, as word. as
1: I recall, Looney Tunes is allowed to say frick.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes, they do. Okay, guys, hold on.
0: You got to unmute, Stabby.
3: Yeah, he was
5: unmuted, so I was just talking through his. So yeah. in 1978, it wasn't actually meant to replace the f-bomb. It was roughly used for the word shit, rats, or darn. It wasn't <sighs> becoming a variant of. The
2: Wait, darn! When it gets past the censor.
5: It. It's it, just it...
3: lame. Yeah, it didn't go <laughs> no,
5: the F-bomb until the, the, the later series. It's when it became the F-bomb. So it was a replacement
2: for shit. I just think it's funny. It's the F-pack. That makes me giggle.
0: All right, so we've talked about the two series. Uh, we're going to start with, while I throw some of the images that I found a- across the screen for your viewing pleasure at home, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the change to um the Cylon origin story and everyone can sort of weigh in. I haven't watched all of the original so I didn't catch the change. Um but we can we can since you guys mentioned that as something worth discussing while I show these pictures, you can discuss. And I believe Jenna, it was your idea. So I'll let you go first.
3: Yeah well in the original ones the Cylons were created by a lizard alien race, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there'd been a thousand year war going on. So it it had been a long thing happening. Before then, then that's where the two origin stories kind of start to come together is when we have our big kickoff with Baltar, Um, betraying everybody. And that happened again in in different ways, but it did happen both the original and in the reboot. And that was the big attack on the colonies and left us with Battlestar Galactica being, you know, the, the last major ship holding the line while everybody fled. Um, in the new one, it gets into the origin story of, well, humans created Cylons, and then Cylons became fully sentient, and then now they wanted um to to be their own people. And they thought that human beings were stupid, which they probably have a point. And so it's that whole, it's that cyclical thing of when you create them and they get smart enough, then they get rid of you and then they become you. And then you start this cycle all over again. And they talk about that a lot, that this cycle has happened before, it's going to happen again. And it's creating this thing that ends up destroying you, which ties a lot into AI and some of our fears around, you know, what, what will the robots become? And, and we've seen that in all sorts of science fiction forever. I mean, that, that's iRobot. That's uh, at the, the laws of robotics from Asimov is those same kinds of things. Of When you make something that's that sentient, at what point does it decide that you are unnecessary?
0: Okay. Anybody that's else kind have of the, the
3: two different stories.
0: Does anyone have anything else to weigh in? Or did she um, cover yeah.
1: it pretty well? Just uh, getting back to the original series, you know, like like she said, it was very different in the original series. You know, humans didn't make the Cylons. They were created by these uh, lizard-like aliens. And in one of the first episodes, um, you know, Boxy, uh, Boxy being um, uh, Apollo's adopted son, is like, what's the origin of the Cylons? Actually, the, that might have even been in the last part of the three-part pilot. Um, yeah, anyway, and, and he said they um, said oh yeah once upon a time the the Cylons were these lizard like aliens who created um, these robots and then the robots turned on them and now the Cylons are the robots Um and so they kind of kept that idea with the reboot but then there was some always some question for me because the imperious leader always looked a bit more biological than the regular Cylons so I was always like is that one of the original Cylons? I think he's wearing their skin, or, yeah. Or is this is this a machine meant to look like one of those? Um, so now to uh, to take this and, and throw even more, you know, to make it even more convoluted. If you go to the Richard Hatch novels, um, which he did in the late '90s and early 2000s, um, it turns out the reason Cylons were machines is because they had a shortage of them. Um, as they were pursuing the uh, Galactica. And so there actually were some cybernetic lizard guys in the Cylon suits, which they discovered in, you know, throughout the course of this novel. Um, So it, it is kind of interesting how there's this progression and how there's, you know, they never quite nailed down exactly what was what. Um, in in fact, in one shot with the uh, the imperious leader, he actually ha- literally had a lizard crawling on him. So you know, what was the relationship there? Was that the pet? Was the, was the lizard the actual uh, the actual Cylon? I mean, who knows? Um, but it was kind of cool how they kept going back to that. Whereas in in the reboot, they just jettisoned the entirety of that uh, that origin.
0: Okay. Uh, here's a picture of a, a model of an actual original Cylon look, which is a lot more boxy than I'll put it on side by side with uh, with the original with Kate Sackenhaw at a premiere. But you can see the different look. Now, some mm-hmm. of that's just technology allowed them to do more. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't um, know. I'm I'm kind of preferent. Uh, I kind of prefer the originals, to be honest with you. Um, the CGI ones are cool. They look tough. They look like they could just really tear you to pieces. Um, but uh, the originals look more like stormtroopers, and I always liked that. So,
0: <laughs> okay. Anybody else want to weigh in about the Cylon origin story before I move on?
4: I didn't care that really that much about they change they changing it. Okay. Um, they was the.
0: The other change that they did, which I'm throwing up on the screen now, if you're watching at home, dear listener, is they changed how the uh, Vipers looked just a little bit. Um, It definitely looks more realistic and less boxy in the newer version. But the other one, the original does have a, a kind of classy look to it that the gritty take on it doesn't. So did you guys have a preference? I mean, sometimes when new technology allows them to make things better and Sometimes it was just better the way it was. So what do you guys think about the way the Viper the Colonial Viper was was reimagined?
2: The V2 well, I like better cuz it has wings. Um because it's a uh
0: atmospheric fighter as well.
2: Yeah. So like it's it can go into atmo which doesn't make sense if you don't have wings some sort of, you know, gliding, you know, aerospace type stuff. So but I like the OG Viper 2 because it was like, well, this thing's just for space. You know with the little little rocket flares on the side to keep it maneuverable but i don't know they i like they have a similar design and they updated it which is kind of cool you know and made it so it can be you know different environments or whatnot but i I like
1: how they had two versions you know they yeah they had the really advanced looking ones that you see in the very beginning and then a lot of those got destroyed because they're all linked together (laughs) Um, and so they had to go back to the originals, which looked more like the old, you know, the old, the, the original series uh, Vipers, modified a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought it was cool. It worked for me. I actually. Well, like- and
3: it's a great moment in the show when, when he goes down. And he says, "I seem to recall that I have an entire deck full of Vipers," mm-hmm. and and they're pulling down the the all of the ropes and everything else so that they can make these things go. So it was a really fun punch to say, oh, yes, here, here's, we, we have exactly what we need. And, and I love that with, I love that the Battlestar Galactica looks old. The thing looks like it has been through the war that it's been through because it was supposed to be retired. And so it's not this shiny, bright kind of ship. This is a ship that has been, it, it's been through some stuff and I really loved that aesthetic about it. It felt gritty, it felt like it had seen action, and through the entire uh, new seasons, you just watch this poor ship that they are holding it together with bailing wire and duct tape and some bubble gum and a lot of prayer. Because every time they get into another fight, you're losing pieces of the ship and there's no place to get any more pieces. You've mm-hmm. you got whatever ingenuity gives you, and if it doesn't get you all the way to earth, you're screwed. So yeah, it was no mission really control fun aspect.
2: there's no mission control giving you like uh three d printer you know models to, to rebuild parts and stuff so I, yeah, do, I, I like I like that' it been through it been through the muck
0: I did like how they explained why they had to go backwards in tech because the uh, the Cylons were able to track their tech because of either virus yeah. or just whatever. Mm-hmm. so you were able to make it timeless because if you throw up their like, oh, he's got the latest phone technology and it's a flip phone, well, 20 years from now when it's like embedded in their palm or whatever, like that's not going to age well, right? Mm-hmm. But if you say, well, they had to go old school because now you've just instantly made whatever you do timeless, which I really liked. Um, speaking of, of one of the changes, what do you think of the, um, since we've talked about the damage to the ship, um, what do you think about the way they did that this was literally supposed to be a museum ship, like it was in the process. If you remember in the beginning of being converted to, like, you know, the Nautilus or whatever coast you're on, you know, there's there's literally floating retired World War II battleships that are museums, mm. and that was the idea they went with, sort of like um, Battleship the movie did. Of course, obviously that came after um, that museum trope that I think started with BSG.
4: So I thought oh, it was had, cool. Time to hit up TV tropes and look up the one break out the museum piece. that's <laughs> what it's actually called. I thought it was fine yeah. that they did that. What I didn't particularly
1: appreciate was changing the look of the Galactica so it looked ergonomic.
6: Okay. You, know, you,
1: you compare that to the original ship, the original ship looks, well, frankly, they could have pulled it out of Star Wars and and they had some of the same effects artists involved with creating the ships. Um but uh, but the look of the thing was so so very ergonomic compared to the original. And I just didn't see why a spaceship needed to be like that. Okay. Anyway, sorry for changing the subject on you. Just had to get that out there.
2: That's what this oh, show is okay. all about, man.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so you didn't like the way they look. I actually liked both versions of the ship, so I didn't really have a problem with it. But, I mean, like, I'm, I'm totally game to look at spaceship-ass pictures. Like, I'm there every day and twice on Sunday. So um, I liked all the things, and uh, I would put models of all of them in my house if I had the money. Unfortunately, like, mortgages, like we said, they like to get paid. I don't know what that's about, but they like <laughs> it. Um, but what did you think about, uh, Jana, and then we'll go to you next, Matthew. What did you think about the museum ship trope that, that I first discovered through BSG? And whenever anyone else does it, they're like, oh, you're doing the BSG. Like, that's how it's. Colloquially referred to by people I know, all twelve of you. Um,
3: I I liked it. I it, it worked for me. It, it's kind of like it goes back to older tropes where it's, you know, the the old crusty detective on the verge of retirement, um, and then he gets pulled back into this. So it's it's not even a trope that's just about the museum piece or about BSG. We see this all the time. It, it's the thing that nobody thinks is worth anything anymore. And so they're going to retire, they're going to this, that, and the other, and yet it's the thing that gets pulled through and has to save you. And like Matthew says, it's it's a very well-worn trope, but it's still one that works for us. And you know, the difference between trope and trite is when you don't do the trope well, when you don't put a twist on it, when when you when you go back to the thing that's just, okay, this is what absolutely everybody does. And I think they put enough of their own twist on it, because you also got the Adama was being retired. And so you've got him being the old museum piece as well, and then stepping up to say, no, that's not going to happen. So I like it because it's it's all of that trope, that that old thing that becomes new and then is valuable because they they needed what he knew, they needed what Battlestar represented, and and it was very, very cool. And just a sideline thing, there's a scene where everybody's fleeing. And if you watch really closely, there's an Easter egg in there that the Firefly ship, Serenity, is part of the fleet. So, no. you know, there's, yep. No yep. There's really? a random Easter egg and you, you can see it. You have to freeze the screen. And then you see this teeny tiny little Serenity is one of the many ships that's fleeing Caprica.
1: Nice. Didn't, nice. Didn't, it, didn't Serenity actually show up in a couple places?
3: I think so. I think it showed up in several others, but that's the one that I always remember I, is, is the Serenity. Beeping along as everybody else is is
1: i think they also showed it flying out you know when in roslyn's office on caprica um looking out the window you kind of see it flying off in the distance as well did they ever explain it no
3: no it's just awesome (laughs) that's why it's an easter egg
0: (laughs) okay i um i don't know i it's a little personal for me my actual platoon sergeant the guy who taught me the things that kept me alive when i deployed to iraq was uh had been a non veteran and he got out said you know this army life ain't for me and he hits that age all of us hit where he's like holy crap i'd be retired now and collecting a paycheck if i'd stayed in so he went back into the guard did 30 years in the guard and is like okay i'm finally able to retire in his 60s and the army said uh, uh sergeant we're not done with you yet and they sent him to iraq with me twice so like I, I see the value of, of some of those old skills that everyone you know kind of forgets about, because in the age where everything was technology based, crap stopped working in the middle of a sandstorm. But his old style skills, they were, they worked every time. Iron sights all the way. So, like, I, I think just the reality of the value of some of those older, you know, more get your hands dirty kind of skills, they that has value. I think. So does anybody else have an opinion on on the the museum trope bit?
2: Uh, yeah, we're just going to skip over Under Siege, that, you know, cinematic classic with uh, a really crappy martial artist. And, <laughs> I mean, that was the, that, that's the first trope I've <clears throat> ever seen. It'd be like me uh, going down to downtown Sa- San Diego and stealing the Midway. You know, I, I used to be a member we of the
4: Battlestar Galactica forum on the Sci-Fi Channel website. And we, that's a metaphor we keep people came up with, you know, the. USS Yorktown flees and new king of New York City.
3: Nice.
0: Right, so so first, Stabby found the frack pack. So we're gonna throw that up on the screen. Solo people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it includes uh, it doesn't say what was in the food, but you got some chicken with your uh with your BSG. Some
2: chicken. Now I
0: want to. Um and one it doesn't say what the food is, though. That's the important part.
3: Yeah, chicken.
0: Yeah, chicken, but... Anyway, so we found the frack pack, the advertisement for it, and then uh, I am going to show it. Uh, give me a second. Nick found uh, one of the...
5: They never specify when they tell you you get a year's worth of it. For all you know, it's a year's worth of thighs. Oh.
2: There,
1: there we are. Thighs.
0: Yep. The so that is the uh, yeah. that is the serenity
3: and I know we see it again in space because there's a there, there's a shot I've seen there several times I just can't find it but yeah Easter eggs get our and nerd on is, all together.
0: This is one of the pieces as it was prescribed or portrayed uh, being in the museum, which I kind of like. It's got mm-hmm. that worn out vibe. I really liked one of the things they did well was they gave all of the different fighter squadrons like their own little culture, which I think worked, which made the military feel lived in. Uh, in addition to just everything being sort of worn out, um, one of the other things they changed that uh, the Jenna you were, you talked about in the pre-show while we were waiting for Stabby to uh, finish episode whatever uh, was that they changed the religion. So do you want to talk about that a little bit?
3: Well, yeah, the first one was very very heavily influenced by LDS theology. Um, because Larson, um, one of the showrunners runners and writers, uh, was an active member and there, there's some really, and I can say this because I, I, I am LDS, um, there's We have some fun, really weird theology, and, and that's okay. And so they picked some of the strangest stuff and then added a lot of sci-fi on top of it. So this was Kolob. This was the Search for Earth. This was the 13th Colony. The 12 colonies representing the 12 tribes of Israel and, and Earth being the 13th, all of that kind of thing. In the reboot, they keep some of that. You, you still have the colonies, you still have the search for earth and that kind of thing. But then, and, and even going to Kolob, the, the home of the gods, but then they overlay it really strongly with Greek mythology. And so you end up, they go to the various temples of um, some of those Greek names. And and that made a lot of sense because we had things like Apollo as a call sign and and some of that was already coming through. But the religion is really important to them. Uh, I mean the the president works with um, oh and no, I can't remember her name but she Hello, has a religious something. advisor yeah she she got a religious advisor and and a lot of that how they're going to find Earth the religion and that search for, for for the divine is just as important as anything else in them being able to find where they're going. Um and so it's it's a very like Nick was saying you still have that balance between the religious aspect, the military aspect and the political aspect, which you do see again in a lot of classic stories is it, is that triangles at the heart of it and it's always a struggle between those things and when do they work together and when do they they tear your culture down and even yeah, the silence bring that 300's up is
2: a good example of that
3: mm-hmm yeah, the Cylons are continually looking for what does it mean to be a creator? what 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 is the quest for God? what 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 is God? And they talk about that a lot. So the Cylons are figuring out, you know what what is their religious bent, what is their relationship to their creators, and do they become a God when they can create others? because there's there's whole subplots on um, can the Cylons bear children uh, once we get Cylons who look human. And so, that, so we have, there's all these other aspects and, and this one really brings in that whole, we do have human appearing Cylons. So who who's with us and who's against us? Who knows that they're a Cylon, who doesn't? Um, what can Cylons become? What do they evolve into? Lots of interesting questions. And I wish they had actually um, seen a lot more of those through because the writing gets kind of weird around season two and a half through, Three and then they kind of wrap things up because they realize they're not going to get another season. And so there are questions that I don't think we ever got really great answers for, even though they were great questions.
4: There was a deleted scene where they talked about the 13th Lord of Kobal was the jealous God, and I was hope this on the forum, someone brought up the plot that the, thir- the idea they had that the Cylon god was the 13th Lord of Kobal. But they That did. would have been we fascinating. Up, we ended up getting the final five nonsense, which, I mean, I watched it to the end, but it started getting kind of dumb there.
2: Did anybody pick up the graphic novels that were made? No. It seems to be based off the uh, the OG series. So I wonder if a lot of those questions were answered there, because I know they answer a lot of questions like the Serenity comics that I had.
1: I don't know. Um, to so me, I wonder
2: if, I wonder if it, they covered some of that.
1: To me, it, it felt like they wrapped it up in the sense that human or Cylon, you still ended up on Earth and uh, merged into one culture and one people and then split off again and in the very last scene we're seeing how uh, robots and artificial intelligence is re-emerging in modern-day Earth. So, I don't know, to me, to me it seems like it was wrapped up pretty well, it just wasn't really super well defined.
3: Yeah, they kept going to that. It has happened before. It will happen again. Yeah, and 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 that was fun. I I liked the cycles with it and stuff. There were just a few things that I'm like, I, but but I want more about this. And you're doing the soap opera relationship thing that I don't care about. Go back to the space battles and the 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 what's going on with these other things and
4: stop oh, oh stop
3: bo- punching each other.
4: Oh boy, the quadrangle of doom. That's what they called oh, it. Oh, good gravy. Or the yeah. polygon
3: the the, the multiple sided relationship of doom
4: that I mean the yeah. the only functional relationship on that show involves a human who's not the sharpest knife in the drawer and a robot Hilo <laughs> and Athena everyone else is mm-hmm. is a Mari Povich show
3: yeah. yeah it's
0: so I actually I don't know I I think some of the emotional stuff on the later series was overdone but I think as a product of the shows of its time. Um, it took itself very seriously, which the original series, I didn't feel like did. Um, but I was able to forgive a lot because hello vipers, you know,
5: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it, it was a great, it was a great equalizer for me. Uh, I wanted to fly one. I wanted the helmet. I wanted the outfit. I wanted it all. Um, so, you know, you, you can, Hey, we, we the- got
3: oh. a viper for our daughter that's, it's, it's a stuffed viper toy. And, and when she was born, she had two stuffed toys immediately and one – no, three. She had the Millennium Falcon, the Starship Enterprise, and the Viper. And they were all these stuffed toys that we found off of Think Geek. May it rest in peace. Um, and she still has those. Too so. soon. Too soon. Too, too soon. I know. It, it hurts.
4: Train up a child in the way she should go, and when she is old, she will not depart from it.
3: It's true. It's true.
4: I actually would put the, uh, the uh, Colonial Viper
0: right beside the uh, – the x-wing for me i the millennium mm. falcon is okay but the x-wing was where it was at for me the y-wing was okay but the viper and the x-wing are it for me in my heart of hearts and i i used to have one of those hearts i oh, mean
1: sweet space um, jets man
0: yeah it's just it's cool i like how they did they reimagined fighter combat with some of the turns the way they did them instead of trying to make it like basically dog fights in space from world war ii they started getting creative with the physics I wonder mm-hmm. how much of that was the tropes of the time evolving and people saying, wait a minute, that's not how that would work. And how much of that's just technology was better and allowed them to do more.
1: I think it was both. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Some of it is that they actually hired um, a, a somebody to, to, as an advisor, there's the word I'm looking for, as an advisor on the physics of the show. Um, and there's a whole thing that he writes about the Adama maneuver which happens at the beginning of season two. And when they came up with the Adama maneuver, which was jumping into the atmosphere and launching the vipers at the same time. And the the physicist came back and he said, this utterly won't work. Here are all the reasons this is a terrible idea, but it would be so cool. You absolutely must do this because I want to see it.
2: Oh yeah, it was.
3: So, so it is, it, it's one of the best, you know, there's those moments in space battles you get in the Wrath of Khan when the Enterprise rises up and you know that Khan is now screwed. The Adama maneuver, the, there are certain moments that you go, these are so quintessential to the shows. And the Adama maneuver is it, even though the physics of it are wretched, but yeah, their, their advisor was there for a lot of those space battles and things to make it so the physics were more realistic so we could do more. But he says, yeah, there were occasional times where the rule of cool trumped everything else because it's like, Nope, I must see this. So you just, you, you do that thing even though it's a really bad idea from a physics point of view, but
0: well, so we, cool. sh- when we're physics sh- doesn't sh- work, so
2: you can science it later.
0: Yeah. When physics doesn't work hand wave him for the win. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Always hand wave. Him. You know, it's
0: also worth
1: um, mentioning that, um, one of the reasons I think they switched to a more physics-based movement of the Vipers is because we had actually seen that before in Babylon 5. Prior to Babylon 5, everything was very, you know, Star Wars, non-physics in space, you know, whatever. And then Babylon 5, they actually brought in some, some science advisors, um, and they actually brought in, um, oh, God, what's space? Science fiction writer, famous, super famous one. Um Anyway, so they, they brought in all these people to kind of rein in JMS and say, you know, let's try to make this as realistic as possible. So we'd seen this in science fiction at this point. And then Battlestar Galactic came along and they knew that that existed. And I think they felt like they had to up their game because of it.
3: That's a great uh, point. <laughs>
1: We we
0: were talking in the side chat because sometimes we do that when we when we're not talking, we'll mute ourselves, dear listener, and we we have our own little side chat. And I was mentioning that there's some a lot of examples. Whenever you get a maneuver in a series that's named after a person, it's generally one of the coolest things around. So start uh Halo had the cold protocol, which was you know, don't let the aliens find you. So death before dishonor, essentially in space with bombs. Uh and then BSG had the the Adama maneuver. Um, we won't talk about the Star Wars one that broke the franchise. <laughs> oh, but, but it's so cool though. Beautiful. If it Rule didn't cool, break man. every other piece of the lore from like all hundreds billion of the books, the movies. I mean, like, because if you and could do that, else. nothing else was necessary, and all those people died for nothing. And since this was in the past, they knew that.
2: I love how in Star Wars they walked it back in the next. Uh, the, Next part of the trilogy, they're like, "That was a one to million shot that that was ever going to work," and I'm like, "See, they've been they've been looking at the fan boards."
1: I can yep. defend it. Okay. So I can defend they, it. it. I'm not going to do it right now, but I can defend that.
2: They they did that for some it's of the not, that whole of getting off track. Sequel trilogy is not working. so.
0: You know we need to do? We need to have another one of our Star Wars episodes where we defend that. We can actually make oh, that a standalone <laughs> episode. I'm gonna spend 45 we'll minutes
2: be. talking shit about the Hodor maneuver.
0: <laughs> All right, but we're not here for that. We're here for some Battlestar Galactica. So
2: one I of the don't other, have anything bad to say about that.
0: One of the other controversies that may or may not have happened was when they made Starbuck a woman. So let me first say that if you've listened to this episode, more than four of ours, you'll know I actually defend that as an example where you can regender or you know change the – demographics of a character in a way that it works without it being pandering or checking a box because her relationship with Zach Adama or what she, where she messed up as the trainer of him as, as her student, she was messing with her student. Uh I mean, that's something that happens in the military and she passed Stay
2: away the, from the trainees.
0: Gosh, darn yeah. it. <laughs> she, it ruined more careers than you can ever count. I, I can't tell you how many of those co-ed places careers were ruined because you couldn't. God damn drills aren't. I say alone. keep your zipper up, but they're buttons, not zippers. Um, But so True. it was done. And so because she felt guilt over passing him when he wasn't ready, because he didn't have the family gene, but he had the family legacy to uphold, that he, when he died, now suddenly her connection to the Adama family w- makes sense. In a way, it just felt cocky, and it was just bro club kind of frat boy stuff in the first uh, iteration of it not that it was bad but this made it deeper and richer for me so i think it's an example of how it's done right apparently i am not the um i'm not the only one who has that opinion but there are plenty of people who didn't like it and uh janet you were telling us about some of these message boards where fans were going a little bit nuts oh yeah they
3: they when it came out that Starbuck was going to be a woman, there are a lot of boards that lit up with, you can't do that, that's not. And and a lot of it was the assumption that, first of all, that they would change Starbuck as a character, that it wouldn't be the cocky pilot anymore, yeah. the cigar, dr- cigar smoking, hard drinking, womanizing, all these things that they loved about Starbuck. And that if it was, a woman was incapable of being that or of playing that role. And they did it really, really well. And I think she sold it. It was convincing. Um, that character, the Starbuck as a character, no matter what gender you put to it, remained and then you were able to, like say, use the gender roles in order to create other stories that would not have worked as well in a keeping him a keeping him as a guy.
2: You know, I bought into um, it so. right away because I've seen plenty of hard charging, hard drinking. Mm-hmm. female soldiers and Marines and airmen. I mean, some of them even dipped. I was like, God damn. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Carry and on. that's just, there, <laughs> there were a lot of people though that didn't, that, that there was a lot of controversy over making that change. And, you know, was it only pandering to the woke community or, you know, why were you doing that? And I think that they, they didn't, it was really powerful. And like I say, it made for a lot of opportunities in storytelling I don't, that I... we wouldn't have had otherwise. So I love it. I think
2: a lot of those people that were complaining were um, probably misogynistic people that have never done anything manly a day in their life, but they think they have to uphold the the sanctity of (laughs) manhood. I'm like, dude, come on, man. I've seen female soldiers do stuff most dudes wouldn't do. The the woke community back in
4: 2003.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much that. It's like, oh, because she's a woman. And I'm like, nah, I mean, I've seen them do some crazy shit. All right? So they get a pass. Starbucks a woman, get over it. I even defended it. I got dogpiled a few times. Mm. Oh, how do you say that? And I'm like, and I've never even seen the goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, hey, listen, we're at a point in time now where we all eat a lot of protein. There's a lot of strong freaking chicks out there. Don't send me the hate mail because I said chick. It's not misogynist. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur, okay? Kiss my ass. You're be um, getting
4: it from everybody. You know, the woke for saying chicks and the Dude, bros, for defending girls. Yeah, the style dude run. bros
2: that never did a, a a day in combat. I'm like, dude, I got like multiple tours. You can also kiss my whole ass. My history um, is unmatched. Both as far of my as combat tours, shit.
0: Both of my tours when I was the security commander, I worked with the mostly with the same um, convoy commander. So they were in charge of the convoy until the shooting started, and then in theory, I could relieve them as security commander. Generally, when they outrank you, it's a bad idea unless they mess up. Uh, but but in theory, I had that authority And, and I worked most with uh, a female soldier That I would have followed into hell if she asked Just because I trusted her that much And there are plenty of female soldiers That I didn't trust, but there were as many men That I didn't trust
2: Dude, I watched a 130-pound girl soaking wet With body armor on Pull a 240-pound man out of a burning Humvee now, Nice She was extremely exhausted And we had to hook her up with IVs But Jesus Christ, that's a feat You know? And she did it. So, like, don't talk to me about, like, oh, well, because she's a girl, she can't fucking do the job. No, get fracked, all right? I've seen it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really appreciate that they passed Ranger School, and I didn't. Uh, that that kind of is a fuck. that little thorn in my craw there. Um, but I also got hurt. So, female Starbuck, totally legit, totally freaking awesome. Male no, Starbucks, totally legit, way. totally awesome.
1: <laughs> True. I looked at it this way. They were changing everything else, so who cares?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like you can't be so focused on the pest. Like, I'm a purist on certain stuff, but it doesn't mean that it's, there's no room for change. Um, it wasn't pandering with the gender swap.
1: Not at all. I didn't feel yeah, like it was at all.
2: all.
0: You've seen I think it added
2: more to the story I did the episodes yeah. that I've watched. I was like, okay, I get it. You know, but it also gives you an opportunity for comedic relief when she's being a little too aggressive, like, mm, "What month is it?
0: <laughs> One day of the month?" Yeah, that's yeah, just no. it. like we've all seen it when it has been done pandering, and it was definitely just to check the box. Okay, we did our diversity people. Why aren't you happy? It didn't feel like that with the way they
2: wrote Starbucks. I felt like they kept it no, true. No. It felt it. It felt organic. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it was like it's organic to the story. So that's what I appreciate about that. And so when it's done well, it's done really well. And and Katie Sackhoff is a perfect example. She's a very strong woman. You know, I I've, I've loved her in every sci-fi thing she's ever done. Like Bo Katan. Oh my god, yeah, loving ah. her. In Mandalorian. You know, she's a female <laughs> mandarin. She's the queen. Like how badass are you? Like you can't get any more badass. And she's Do you the need a nice person. Never got a ch- I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> all right, all right. I, so, get, I got I gotta get the cap my mom made though.
0: So yeah. So we've got uh you know we're about an hour and ten minutes in. Uh we could keep going clearly because we're passionate. So if there are any subtopics of the Battlestar Galactica franchise you want us to go into, uh we can have this this star-studded cast back. I don't know if you've noticed, dear listener, but we're starting to invite a lot of the same guests back. Why? Because it make it easy on us because they get- freaking fun they're fun, and they talk, and I don't have it's to like... Cracking fun? Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, you're We're married, so, so maybe, maybe not with Jana <laughs> though. Her husband might object. Your wife might object. I think it's ugly. I got dibs on Darren. Okay. What about that? It's the new army people. We don't judge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with, with that being said, um, did you guys have any clothing... Clothing?
2: clothes. I got some clothing, clothing. options. Yeah. For <laughs> your <laughs> portion, JR, <laughs> that I talked about in the side chat. That's happening.
0: All send right. me pictures,
2: where I'm going to use my imagination.
0: <laughs> All right. Do you have wow. any final thoughts? There we go. I can't mess final up. I don't think
1: anybody. I, I have a thought. Okay. So we, you know, we've talked about uh, where Battlestar Galactica started and where it's been, and they're working on another one. And there's no, stop. occasionally news. You know, it's like they send up a flare. It's like, hey, we're we're doing this. It's going to happen. It feels like, you know, it feels like 25 years ago when they were doing the same thing. But there is something Close. going on with Peacock. Um, and they're going to be doing something. And, and they haven't really said exactly what it's going to be. Because I'm like, you know, Battlestar Galactica, the, the reboot at least, is a very self contained story. In four years, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And there isn't really any place to go from the end because now at that point in, ta- in time we're talking about thousands of years on earth reprogressing through the bronze age to you know to the modern age and that's the story so but at the same time they're saying we're going to we're going to tie this into that series and I'm like how are you going to do this? Is this going to be our future now, where AI has taken over and it turns into a race back to Caprica? What I mean, uh, where I where are we going that story, with this?
2: Story, Darren. What? I could write that story. I'm writing it right now
1: in my head. <laughs> um, it's but so anyway, easy. So so, it's not done. It's not done. There's more coming. Um, they should hire me, Let's get or or savvy. me. Let's
2: get Actually, you, you could hire anybody in this panel right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, Stabby, go ahead.
5: So before we do another one of these panels, let's give Stabby enough time to get caught up.
2: That sounds good. <laughs> I can do
4: that. I feel week. like
5: I'm just sitting here staring at you guys going,
2: yeah. Oh, you're doing right. great.
1: Now, the other you're
0: thing, doing great. You're faking it well, faking, madam. Fake faking 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 it, it well. till you make it, baby.
1: All the right, final so... thought that I've got here is, if you like the original series, find the Richard Hatch books. And it's really hard to find the originals anymore and they don't have them on digital. So you might have to do a little bit of hunting on the internet. Um, FYI, there's a Facebook group that happens to have some files. And I'll say no more beyond that. Um yeah, we'll get canned. but it is definitely worth checking those out. It's also worth checking out the original series comic books that have come out. Um, oh, through dynamite? In, yeah, in recent years. Uh, those yeah, are fun too. Those so are some if you like the original, books. you know, they're they're definitely um, they definitely got the the feel of the show right when they were doing those um and also you know like I said Richard Hatch Apollo from the original series was involved with the creation of those novels so you know he's he is deceased now um this is that was kind of his final um final thing Rip to Apollo. do with, yeah so check him out it's worth it and that's all I've got
2: all right. So the Richard Hatch books, I got one quick question. Where in the BSG timeline does do those books take place?
1: About 20
4: years after the end of the original series.
2: Okay, cool. So Matthew, That's
0: any final thoughts?
4: Well, if I may be a total self-promoting hoe, I actually wrote some fanfic when I was in college. The first time I wrote fanfics, I was middle school to explain where Crashdown came from. Okay. These references coming from the Triton, so it's about the destruction of the Triton and how the survivors made their way to the Galactica. So it's called, oh, yeah, The Death of the Triton on fanfiction.net. And I was just checking my reviews before the show started, and someone said, send this to Sam Whitwer. So I just tweeted I at him. We'll see if he reads it. He played Crashdown.
2: God, he's played a lot of, he played Darth Maul, he played uh, Galen Merrick. All
4: right. I'll, so, uh,
0: oh, this, Matthew, if you could guy. get, Nick, hold on a second. Matthew, if you could get me that link to the if fanfiction.
4: It's in the chat at the begin, the very beginning, but I can send it again anyway. Yeah, I, I
0: will. I got it. I will link. Is it Exiles of the Wind?
4: No, no, that's someone. That's some,
2: no, no, no. another
4: fanfic someone wrote that kind of makes fun of the Cylon plan. The, the right in his mind.
2: It will be linked in the show
0: down. notes, to your listener, and you guys can uh, can give this a read after you listen to this episode. Because who doesn't uh, love fanfic? Right. All right. And finally, last but not least, we got you, Miss Janna S. Brown. any final thoughts?
2: Mm,
3: The final thoughts is that unlike Firefly, getting all the way through Battlestar Galactica will not make Stabby nearly as sad.
0: So say we all. So say we
1: all. So So say we we all.
3: All
0: All right. uh, Nick, any final thoughts before I, I let these fine people tell us what they're writing and where we can find them on the interwebs?
2: I don't know where you can find them, but I can tell you where no. you can find me. No, I'm just no, kidding. no, you're supposed uh, to tell
0: me if you have any final, final thoughts?
2: thoughts. Oh, final thoughts. <laughs> oh. Spoilers, darling. Spoilers, darling, yes. I if agree. he had the uh, <laughs> Viper <laughs> helmet,
0: he wouldn't be forgetting as much. I'm just saying, Stabby, yes, it's good he, for Yeah, the I think with
2: the Pharaoh helmet, it would probably contain all that in there because yeah, of yeah. its shape and design. Science. It's got the vents. It's just going to go in there and just percolate. Yeah, science,
0: man. It's science. Uh, no, final thoughts. I, time.
2: I... I like Battlestar Galactica as a genre I I like it as a show I've only seen a handful of things From the OG and Well all the series really I haven't seen the miniseries yet So I'm kind of excited to track that down Um, Watch that And the one from the 80s where we have the Adama beard So, Uh, like, You don't want to watch that I'm a glutton for punishment Darren You don't Uh, Uh, Chains and whips and Adama beards. Starbuck's
1: there's one episode worth watching, The Return of starbuck That's it. The rest of it never happened. Okay, I'm looking at the- hold on,
5: hold on. We have to inform Darren because I don't think he's been on with me before.
2: No, he hasn't.
5: So I'm a complete a completionist. I have to watch all of it. I'm the same way with books. You can't give me one book and then not expect me to go out and buy all the rest of the books in the series. I, I have to watch them all. I and compare it to a stick of dynamite.
2: Like, Once you light the fuse, you have to give it room. Yeah. So,
1: well, I have to watch the crappy stuff too. If much. you Which want to I'm subject yourself, yourself to that, feel free. I'm not going to hold it against you, but it's but it not good. It is painful. It is not good.
2: <laughs> it's, it's very painful. That's why <laughs> bourbon is invented. <laughs> <laughs> Get in oh i i need a uh i need a um a mulligan um when i talked about like the, how i got introduced to battlestar galacta it wasn't on tv it was part of the backlot tour at universal studios oh. and i remember the trolley going through and you go through a little mock battle you know with vipers and stuff and it was is the 80s so they did the best they could and then you go into like this main room with like the head Cylon and a bunch of Cylons everywhere and they're just all like and I was like these they scared the shit out of me so this whole episode has unlocked triggers from my early years
3: (laughs) you need therapy now
5: for for everybody out there in podcast land this guy can go to Universal Studios and just continuously redo the Backlot tour and never go anywhere else. She's not lying. Park. I
2: will write it in a loop because I love that so much. I try to get Her- a different tour guide, but because they're all different. I don't know that one guy. If you- Universally, you-, you owe me 25 bucks.
0: So the uh, if you like the Battlestar Galactica universe, if you like that feel, I will say that Terry Mixon and Jay and Chaney's The Last Hunter series definitely gives me some BSG vibes with mm-hmm. the uh, museum ship. That could just be that trope alone, but it, it definitely –
2: Oh, and their covers are amazing.
0: Yeah, hit that note for me. So I'll, I'll link that in the show notes so you can find it if you're interested. They didn't sponsor the show or anything. I just like the series. Um there are probably others. Series. Yeah, there's probably others that do the museum ship trope. And if you uh can list them in the comments and reply to us, I'm definitely interested. So so if you've got some, um you know, let us know because I'll read it, we'll pimp it. I love that stuff. I really do like you know making the old new again. But I was a history major, so you know I'm a glutton for a punishment so and sadness In sadness uh the good thing about being a history major though is everyone's dead so no one can disagree with you well no <laughs> one can prove you wrong anyway i mean other historians will disagree with you but they don't count oh them. yeah
2: absolutely They'll they absolutely, absolutely disagree, disagree with, you.
0: with that being said i'm gonna go you know top to bottom left to right because i can read a board people matthew w quinn what are you writing right now and how can listeners find you
4: I'm theoretically writing the third book in my Long War series, *The Walking Worm*, *The Thing in the Woods*, and *Land Incursion* were the first two. I say theoretically because I spend most of my writing time either doing Substack or going to flea markets and conventions.
0: Flea markets are a valid way to spend your time. I'm just thinking. and it's
4: the selling older books and not writing any new ones. That's the problem. And it's Nano I should be doing something.
0: Fair, fair. All right, Mr. Darren Drader. How can listeners find you, and what are you writing right
1: now? Okay, what I'm writing right now, and you're hearing it here first. I haven't haven't announced this anywhere else, including Facebook. I'm doing an original RPG, um, an original system, tied to a near-future military adventure setting called Shadowhawks. Um, And this, uh, eh, let me just... uh, I'll just say I'm about 20,000 words into it right now. Um, I'm hoping to double that, maybe get to about 50,000. It is kind of a cross between a modern RPG and an old school in terms of architecture. Um, so it kind of is in a, in a very weird spot as far as that goes. But um, we will hopefully be kickstarting that. That depends a lot upon um, other people. And uh, so that's what I'm working on right now um, as far as where you can find me, you can go to drive through RPG and go to Darren Drader designs. And there's some, uh, some five E monsters up there. There's some, um, five E converted to space opera up there. There's some unpopulated maps, whatever the heck. I mean, you know, that's what I've got up there right now. And I'm all and there's some adventures too. Um, but I, priced them all relatively cheap and some of them use AI art. So if you know, don't hang me because of it, but it's the only way to do it and do it in a reasonably um, cost-effective way. Um, You can also find me twice a month on CyberNation Uncensored running uh, Fallout Pacific Northwest. So that's me
0: out freaking standing and uh you are a very naughty man sir because uh now i've got to air this sooner so we can actually get the spoiler you did that on purpose didn't you what's this i (laughs) said now (laughs) i've got to move this episode up sooner because you gave us a you know an exclusive you
1: did this on purpose i I did a little bit didn't i it's Um, okay it's okay i actually i don't plan on going out there and blabbing right now and i'm keeping a lot of it close to the cuff um as, as far as exactly what all this is but uh You know, it's in the works. Okay, and finally,
0: last but not least, we have Miss Jenna S. Brown, who sometimes cosplays as Jenna Ray.
3: Absolutely. Um, Let's see, what I'm working on right now is the same thing I was last time, where I have a fantasy trilogy. I must finish book three because my mother has demanded it. And we all know that we should do what our mamas want us to do. So I am trundling along on that. That's got to be done before the end of the year. And then with Three Ravens, there's a call out for military sci-fi and I have had an idea sprout. So I will be jumping in and writing a short story for their anthology too. And you
2: can find me I will me be at a military w- consultant if you need one.
3: I will, I will be happy to do that. Um, uh, you can find me at www.opalkingdompress.com and all of the various versions of me live there.
0: Good luck on that um, anthology. I hear the guy that's picking is a real jerk.
3: Well, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, he's okay. You just got to give him booze. Yeah,
0: exactly.
3: I, you, you just I
0: have to match your eyelashes at him. Yeah, I've been told that I, I'm not 20 anymore so I've got to drink quality liquor now instead of the Rotten. <laughs> <sauce. laughs> don't don't know, worry, Jerry. I, was- I got you
2: handled. I got a list.
0: <laughs> I'm going to embark <laughs> on the bourbon tasting. I'm told Glenlivet is on the list, and a few others. Yes, Macallan uh, 18. Yeah, so we will see. I will build. I'll be building a bar apparently uh, in yes. my co free time with all the booze. I'll be testing for science. Oh, I'm going to fly you. It's going to be so fun. Outstanding. It's science, people. All right, and you—you you know what? I didn't ask you this in a long time, Nick. What are you working on right
2: now? Ooh. Oh my gourd. What the frat? That's a good question. up on the board. Oh. Okay, so because I too am a glutton for punishment like you, good sir. And a lot of our other guests that like to burn the candle at both ends in the middle and just set the whole goddamn thing on fire. Um, I'm drawing three comic books currently. I'm drawing Corvid and Sparrow, which is our female uh, superhero duo um, that are... I'll give you the explanation when we get closer to pimping and that. Uh, QuickWire, which is the first speedster in the Apogee universe. We don't have a speedster yet, um, so that's going to be fun. I've loved drawing the Flash when I was a kid, so I get to just move forward with that. And Robin Sparrow, QuickWire, and completing Phantom Hawk issue 2. Is half drawn, so now I got to match the style of the previous artist and go into chameleon mode. Which...
5: And you're working on uh issue four, kid
2: and a comic. And I'm working on issue four of kid and comic, but that doesn't that's that's a comic strip, so I can eat up so much of my time. So that's what I'm working on right now. Um, we're getting ready to build the big bad event, which is going to bring all of our heroes together to their first world-threatening situation so that's what we've got going on um always check me out at com, at apgecomics on the other socials and there you go there you have it
0: uh, busy, busy, busy. because he doesn't need to sleep i actually sent him a script for a comic too just because you know Stabby, which, he keeps is too, which is good,
2: it? too. It's good, so. and I have to set that into the production schedule, you son of a bitch. Because I really <laughs> liked it.
0: I, I did it just so. to see
2: if I could, because I was waiting for an edit. Well, well, congratulations, JR. Guess what? You made the cut. You're a comic book writer now.
0: Woo-hoo! Second, uh,
2: you bastard. He
0: asked me what I wanted for pay, and I said I'd take booze. Uh, apparently, my publisher didn't like that answer,
2: the publisher being, you know, my parents. Until I offered the publisher booze, and they were like, okay, cool, run it. <laughs> Well, my, my dad was in the Navy, so that probably would actually work. Uh, I have a I have a case of some really good rum that I'll send him. Outstanding. All right, and before
0: I let you go, dear listener, dear viewer, I'd like to remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books, so do your part. But speaking of reviews... You can also review more than just the books. When you buy the movies, you can review them on websites wherever you purchase them. You can start a website to review what you like to read, watch, or games you like to play. I hear Mr. Dre, uh, Mr. Darren would love it if you reviewed his games over at Drive RPG, Absolutely. Amazon if you buy it there, or anywhere else, fine games are sold. He wants to hear what you think, unless it's not negative things and then ain't nobody got time for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, send that to J.R. Hanley.
4: And, no, and no, no, I no. And staff, she gets if all the hate want- if you want to check out my stuff on Amazon.com and review it, good or bad, Matthew W. Quinn, that would be much appreciated.
0: All right. And you can find us on the interweb on our Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot e slash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, Linktree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link to all the things, the bitch shoots, the rumbles, the Twitters, the email, the real one, people, the business only one where we do proper gentlemanly things, the Facebook group, the Facebook page. We link to Madam Stabby Stab. We're all hate mail and shenanigans can happen she likes it she will make you cry though fair warning uh don't sue us when you need therapy later uh that's not our fault we warned you uh with that being said we have a website yes jr yes they're releasing the christmas
5: holiday flavors at coffee brand coffee (gasps) Mm.
0: i was about to get to that but you just made me want coffee now peppermint mocha I'm only on my fifth cup. I don't know. Well, you know what? Who needs a liver? I'll drink more. Uh, you could support the show by buying um, some of our affiliate link coffee at Coffee Brand Coffee. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Use the code podcast grunts for 10% off, people, and we get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, so you buy good coffee, you support an American company if that matters to you, and you support us. It's a win win. Or you could support us more directly on anchor.fm slash blasters dash and dash blades. Again, anchor.fm slash blasters tack and tack blades. Where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on. These episodes aren't free to produce. This shenanigans takes time and effort to wrangle. And uh, some of the programs we use in the back end cost a little bit of money. So every little bit helps. Or you could support us more directly at buymeacoffee.com slash author JR Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com. Slash author Jr. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section of this for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-hosts duly caffeinated. They will drink until Java pours out of their eyeballs. <laughs> and it will only be the best coffee bearing coffee for them, people. See what I did? We call that a callback because I know what I'm doing. Ish. Just order two more, bags. Heavy lifting. All right. With that being said, thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my crazy co-host, at J, I am J.R. Hanley. This is not at J.R. Hanley. And this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd comics, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. And since we're recording during the nano season where I've challenged myself to finish this novel uh, that was due to the publisher <clears throat> so long ago, uh, I will be mainlining caffeine. So next episode will be even more wacky because I'm gonna see if six cups of coffee will do it. <laughs> all right. Why not seven?
5: We just ordered two more bags of coffee.
2: This is the and way people. Or or this is the way so say we all. So say so we, say we so say we all. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all.